Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Holly Edgel. Today we're talking about paid family leave. Joining me in studio to talk about it are Lisa Picker of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, Angela Lewis of the Simon Law Firm, and Missouri Senator Jill Shoup. They are all part of a panel discussion we're hosting at here at St. Louis Public Radio this evening, along with the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, focusing on the future of paid family leave. Full disclosure, I'm moderating the panel, so I'm really interested in the su- subject. Thank you and welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, I'd like to start with you. Our listeners will have heard about Family and Medical Leave Act. The law requires employers to provide up to 12 weeks of leave for people who meet certain criteria, but it's not paid. So that's a hardship for many. Tell us about paid family leave. What is it and how does it work? Well, paid family leave is um, when an employer or uh, through um, you know government pays for a portion of um, that person's um, time off when they're off to care for loved ones, newborns, um, sick and aging family members. Um, and you know we really believe at the Women's Foundation that nobody should be forced to choose between being a good employee or being a good parent, son or daughter. And when there's no paid family leave, um, people are forced to make that choice. That's right. Um, A handful of states have uh, currently require employers to provide paid family leave, and I learned that the Connecticut legislature just voted to implement paid leave in that state. What is the situation in Missouri, and if you can speak to Illinois as well, are we likely to see paid family leave anytime soon? Well, it's interesting because we say in the legislature that we're focused on economic development. And in addition to being really humane, this is an economic development tool for a state. This will encourage young people uh, who want jobs to come to Missouri to say, you know, we want to go to a place that recognizes that our lifestyle is important to us, that in addition to working, we are working because we want to spend time with our family, with our newborns, with our aging parents. So... I think this is Missouri is ripe for something like this to happen for this uh, the the program that we put into place is we call it paid earned family medical leave act so um, yes I'm really hopeful and I'm hopeful a program like this uh, encourages people to write and get in touch with their legislators to say this is important to us and our families Angela your employer the Simon law firm decided not to wait for the state to implement such a program, paid family leave. In fact, the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis recently recognized your firm for this. Can you tell us how paid family leave works for your organization? John Simon, who is the owner of the firm, um, supports the families. But we have to be very strategic strategic about that, which means that when people need the time off, we have those conversations and we give them what we need. We're still getting our business needs, needs met because we're planning for that. And people get the time that they need off for babies, surgeries, taking care of families, whatever that is, paid. You know, I was uh, reading up on this, and a criticism that arose that I saw was that when an employee's on leave, coworkers would have to pick up their duties. I can see where an employee might resent the idea of doing someone else's work, for example, while that person is still getting paid and is on leave. How would you counter that sentiment? I think that's twofold. There are agencies and people that we can hire to do temp work that do what we do every day. So it's just a matter of coming in and and learning our systems and learning our culture. Um, There are sometimes ways that we can portion out so not one person is responsible for all of those duties. And that's what we do primarily is we find those people that can take on, yeah, I can do that for this extra amount of time. I think when you find that you do that for one person, they're more apt to do it because then that's going to benefit them 
when or if they should need the same thing. Lisa, um, the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis exists to advocate for women and girls to have economic independence. How does paid family leave connect to that cause? Well, you know, when um, women don't have the opportunity to um, take that time off with their kids, they often will leave the workforce. And it's not just women, it's women and families. Um, You know, what we're hearing from um, workers is that 77% of um, people are making choices about their one employer over another um, based on paid family leave policies. Um, 50% of workers are saying that they would choose um, an extended leave over a pay raise. Um, So, you know, we know that paid family leave is good for businesses because it helps to retain talent in the workforce. And um, when we keep that talent in the workforce, it improves the bottom line of companies, um, it improves employee morale, and increases productivity. And it's just good for Missouri businesses. And so we believe that this is really um, by encouraging local employers to, um, and and highlighting those that are doing a great job um, putting these fair policies in place, um, you know, we really believe that we are improving outcomes for our entire community. Uh, Senator, I I wanted to ask you, you touched on the idea of people wanting to come to a state where there's paid family leave. What would be the impact for people already in the state? What would be the impact for Missourians? Right. Well, so whether they are seasoned employees or new employees, what the bill does that Representative Tracy McCreary and I put together several years ago with the help of SLU Law and businesses big and small in the state is that it provides people with some peace of mind, not only for people that are uh, now fostering a new child or having a child or uh, adopting a child, but also for people who want to take care of uh, of an elderly person in their family, a parent who may be ill, their own personal needs, um, to get things in order as someone goes off to the military. Our bill that we put into place addresses all of these things. And what makes this bill sort of unique to Missouri is that it is not employer paid. So while the Simon Law Firm is doing great work by paying for that leave, this is a pool, a very small percentage, uh, a quarter of 1% of a person's salary goes into a pool to pay for this program. So when an employer is, is missing an employee because he or she is taking leave, that employer has those dollars that would have gone to that person's salary that they can utilize to bring in temporary help or to pay someone who is already working there uh, more money in order to take additional responsibilities on for this six-week period of time that we cover. It's a really interesting um, approach. How did you come to that formula? Well, we looked at some things that are going on in other states. We knew that in the state of Missouri that um, the legislature, quite frankly, was not going to put this cost burden upon the employer. And we said, what is a good way that we can do this? It's almost buying into an insurance program so that when you need it, the dollars are there in order to help you take care of and be present for members of your family for whatever reason they may need your help and support. Very interesting. I wanted to go back to you, Angela. Um, How long have you been doing this program at the Simon Law Firm? And can you tell us how it's working? What are you seeing? So they have always had these um, family-friendly policies in place. We have implemented more since I've been there in terms of expanding who's covered with that, um, paternal, um, same-sex, offering more flexibility in the policies as well, too. But it's We've been family friendly since 
since I can remember. Wow. And and what is, t- tell us the size of your firm again? We have 65 employees. All right. Um, Lisa, I wanted to go back to you. If someone wanted to become an advocate for this, if they wanted to, in their own workplace, um, say to their bosses, this is something we should be thinking about, what would be some of the tactics that you would advise or what would be some of the arguments that would be should be made? Well, at the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, we are lifting up those employers that are putting these policies in place through our Women in the Workplace Employment Scorecard Initiative. Um, so through that initiative, each fall we put out a survey and we encourage any employer in the region to participate. Um, we're looking at four areas of workplace gender equity, which are leadership, compensation, flexible work policies, and recruitment and retention programs. Um, and by simply taking the survey, employers learn a lot about themselves and the policies that they have in place that benefit women or things that they might be able to do to make a difference for women and families um, that they are that are employed by the organization. Um, you can anyone can check out our website at wfstl.org. Um, we have a pretty robust report um, available from our 2018 initiative, which highlights best practices of the 13 local employers that are um, doing exemplary work to support women and working families. Um, and you, we make recommendations in that report that um, any employer can start putting into place. And I um, encourage employers to think about it incrementally. Um, so you know, St. Louis County just made. An announcement last week um, that they are going to be exploring um, opportunities to improve the workplace for their 4,000 plus employees in the county. And the commitment that they're making is to take that set of standards that we put forth and to look at what it would cost and what they can start to do incrementally over the years. And I'd, I'd like to see other employers in our region take that same step and that same commitment to working families. That's great. Um, I'm going to come back to the senator here. We have a question from one of our listeners. Her name is Emily. We've talked about the state idea of what we would do in Missouri if we could pass this uh, measure. What would it take to do something on the federal level, do you think? Well, you know, we do have federal leave. It's just unpaid. And, and when I say just, that's a pretty big deal for people. But the idea that you can take time off, even if you don't get paid, and excuse me, not risk giving up your job, is pretty important too. I think that, um, you know, it's hard for me to say I don't work at the federal level, but I think that the that the cost at the federal level might be significant. But again, if we had this insurance policy as we're putting forward in the state of Missouri on a national basis, that may be a great way to actually move us forward and to encourage this kind of opportunity as they do in so many other countries, uh, almost every other developed country has a paid leave policy That's for families. Correct. We're going to need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 FM, KWMU. Welcome back to our conversation with Lisa Picker of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, Angela Lewis of the Simon Law Firm, and Missouri Senator Jill Shupp, all here to talk about paid family leave in Missouri and is it going to become reality. I wanted to ask um, about the measure that you put together. So there's a lot of um, partisan issues that um, people can't agree on. Do you think that there could be agreement on paid family leave between Republicans and Democrats? Absolutely. I think this is really a nonpartisan issue. This is about uh, people being able to take care of themselves and their families, and uh, that appeals to people on both sides of the aisle. 
And where are we with this measure in terms of it, its progress through the, the process of getting to the floor? So it's it's uh, it's still a long time coming. We had a hearing back in 2017 on this bill, and it did not go further than having a hearing. So really what helps legislation move forward is people talking about it and getting in touch with their legislators, writing letters, sending emails, making phone calls, and saying, this is important to me, this is important to my family, what can I do to help you move this forward? Very good. I'd like to invite our listeners into the conversation. If you have a question or comment about this topic, paid family leave, give us a call. The number is 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. Or you can email us at at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So we'd love to hear from you. We had a question already. Um, I wanted to know, and any of you can maybe answer this, would businesses be more motivated at this time to offer paid leave because of the tight labor market? Yeah, so you know we're at the lowest unemployment rate in a decade, and we know that um, you know sixty percent of the workforce in St. Louis City and St. Louis County are women. Um, so for employers to really recruit the top talent that they need, um, you know these kind of policies um, improve um, their opportunity to recruit that talent and to retain that talent at these critical inflection points in their life when um, we all have to take care of family members, um, whether they're in infants or, or aging parents. Oh, we have an email from Brian, a listener. He wanted to share his story. Here it is. Thanks, Brian. I am currently listening to your show as my infant daughter naps while I am out on my parental leave. My wife, a professor at Washington University, says that she is more comfortable returning to her job knowing that I'm caring for Penelope. My employer has a phenomenal parental leave for me, allowing me to bond with my daughter for 16 weeks. Deloitte Consulting is committed to their people. I remain committed to Deloitte and my family. Giving parental leave to fathers helps the mothers too. And this just speaks exactly to um, what you were just talking about, Lisa. Thanks again, Brian, for sharing your story. It is good to remember that dads are are in this uh, as well. So um, why has the U.S. been the outlier in this? Is it is it because we're maybe reluctant to tap employers for the money, any of you have any thoughts on that? Well, um, I really don't know the answer to that, but I think that we're in a situation now where, especially working on this state by state, the state of Missouri has a real opportunity here. Um, This is going to attract new and young talent and keep seasoned talent here in our state. If we can get people to come because of the good policies we have in place for employees, then they are going to, build their homes and and build their lives here. And that's what we want. We have a lot of great policies in the state for seniors and for veterans. Uh, We also need to add young people and frankly, people of all ages who are willing to come here and work and establish homes here. Thank you. I, I don't know if you have this information in front of you, Lisa, forgive me. There's, um, you have in your report, um, some countries that provide a great deal of paid family leave. Can you mention some of those? 
Um, sure. Some countries like Sweden and, um, you know, most most Western European countries have great paid family leave policies from the, um, you know, sort of that state state level. Um, but what you know, what I'm excited about here in St. Louis and what we're learning through our Women in the Workplace Employment Scorecard Initiative is that there's incredible momentum right now around this issue with local employers. Um, you know, employers are realizing that um, paid family leave is good business practice and it's a smart way to um, keep um, employees in your company during those critical inflection points in their lives. And, um, you know, I get excited when I hear business leaders say that um, they're making these changes because it's just the right thing to do. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I think the more that we can get the word out about these positive policies and share information like we're doing through our Women in the Workplace um, initiative, um, the more that we'll see the tide changing with private employers in our region and in our state, um, which then, you know, um, will affect thousands of people um, in our region. And Angela, can you give me a sense of maybe an example, and, and you don't have to give specifics, but an example of a couple of people who have taken advantage of this in your company and, and what that looks like? So I, I can think of, of two off the top of my head. And one we were just talking about right before, um, she had complications prior to going out on leave. And John Simon said, in, in, in our conversation, said, go ahead and take the time you need. Take the time you need. And she ended up taking a total of four months because that is what she needed prior to and then after because of compl- complications. And how did you how did you fill her her position? Who took on her duties? Um, she was an attorney, so we were able to maintain that client level in terms of the support staff we have, plus as well as other attorneys as well were able to help with her time off. So she was off the network and able to take care of what she needed to, to at home. I was wondering, um, Lisa, how does this issue speak to larger societal questions right now about work-life balance? We've touched on this a little bit. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, what I see happening is that um, especially younger um, employees are are demanding that work life balance that you're talking about, and they're not um, they're not willing to. Um, you know, uh, compromise when it comes to taking care of their children or their their aging family members. And so, um, you know, what we're seeing is, like I said, um, employers are um, committing to making these changes because they know that that's um, what this new generation of workers is um, going to require um, in order to stay um, with that employer. And we actually have a call. This is from Kelly in St. Louis. Kelly, are you there? Hello? Yes, hello. Hi, thanks for calling. I just wanted to say I'm ambivalent about the proposed legislation. On the one hand, I see the wisdom of having the employers not bear the burden of um, paying for the leave in that if they did, they would have a disincentive to hire women. And I myself personally was not hired for a job because I was a fertile female. Um so I understand the advantage there, but at the same time, I, I grow, you know, beyond weary of corporations making, you know, record profits, doing huge stock buybacks, paying very little in taxes, and they're basically disinvesting in our country. They don't want to pay for education. They don't want to pay for, trans, you know, for maintaining our infrastructure. They don't want to pay for anything. Um, and so the fact that I would have to give some of my income up 
um, so that I could get this benefit does chafe a bit. But at the same time, I can see that having them pay for it would be a major disincentive to hire young, fertile women. Thank you, Kelly. And Kelly's point is probably something that a lot of people wrestle with. Senator? Uh, Absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely. And Kelly, I appreciate everything that you just said and agree with you that it it looks problematic. Let me tell you that uh, my hope, should this bill move forward, first of all, I want you to understand the amount that we're talking about, people paying into the pool. So it's uh, a quarter of 1%, which means if you make $50,000 a year, you are paying $125 a year into the pool and you are able to access 100% of your salary for up to six weeks um, that you might <clears throat> that you might need this leave uh, when the time comes. What we're hopeful is that some companies who are already offering paid family leave will maybe build upon on top of those six weeks, or that they will, on behalf of their employees, pay that amount for them. So we want employers to get involved, but we don't want to stop a program that is a a great program for people at in all levels of the workforce from being able to move forward so that again, and especially for, um, I've got to say for lower income people, this is going to be life changing and life saving for them in many, many ways. Uh, for them to be able to take the time needed off work without having to give up their job, without being fearful that they're not going to be able to put food on the table because they want to bond with their new child. These are these are critical and important things that we can help move forward in the state of Missouri. So your points are so well taken, and I think it's um, unconscionable, quite frankly, that you were not hired because you're of childbearing year, uh, age by a company. I'm hopeful that this will get people and business owners thinking differently about that important aspect of work-life balance that we talked about earlier. And we have another call. This is from Kathleen in St. Louis. Kathleen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Um, You know, for people who are barely making it on uh, a not-quite-living wage, even that uh, quarter of 1%, I would think, would be hurtful. Um, the second part of that is that if they people didn't use it, uh, let's say at the end of, you know, 10, 20 years, would they get that money back? Well, no, they don't. <clears throat> they don't get the money back after 10 or 20 years. That money is like an insurance policy for them uh, to be there over time. Again, this the the way our bill was drafted, uh, it not only includes uh, childbearing or fostering or adopting a child. It includes taking care of yourself, should you need to, an aging parent or relative. Uh, It includes if someone in your family goes off to the military and you need to take over responsibilities for that person. So there are a lot of different ways it can be utilized. Um, Again, the amount is something that um, we tried to make it reasonable. Um, There are other ways of looking at this and once this bill gets a hearing and is brought to the floor of the House or the Senate where we can really debate alternatives and look at ways to make this bill better, our intention is certainly not to have anyone be hurt by it. Our intention is to have that policy there so that when you really need time, you don't risk losing your job and losing your salary. 
Thanks again for the call. Angela, tell me a little bit about if you were to make a pitch to um, uh, a f- another law firm or another company in St. Louis about this issue, what would that pitch sound like? I think you have to look at your employees. We treat our employees like professionals. So we have the flexibility. We have um, the sharing of the duties when we need it. We look forward to, I think one of Erica's quotes in the the report that we did, happy lawyer, happy employee, right? And we have to think about that going forward because if my employee is happy, my clients are happy. it helps us get more clients. It helps us keep them happy as well, too. So if my employees are happy, my clients are happy. And that's the bottom line. Very good. Well, I want to thank uh, Lisa Picker of the Women's Foundation of Greater St. Louis, Angela Lewis of the Simon Law Firm, and Missouri Senator Jill, Jill Shoup for joining us today. If the subject of paid family leave interests you, come over to St. Louis Public Radio this evening for our discussion at 6.15. It's a free event. Uh, we do recommend you register, and there's a link on our website at stlpublicradio.org. We have a reception at 5.30, but the program starts at 6.15. And the people I have here in the room with me will be here, as well as a few other guests. We're looking forward to a really robust conversation and just to get deeper into some of these issues. So thank you again for joining us on the show. Thank Thank you you so much. Thanks. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 FM, KWMU. KWMU.